I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Tuesday edition Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. I hope all of you had a great long weekend if you were able to take Monday off. We certainly want to thank everyone who allows us to have the freedoms that we hold so dear. And we know that that comes with a cost to many families across the country. So we hope as well that you were able to spend some time honoring the sacrifices of so many that have come before us as part of your Memorial Day celebration and festivity. But we are excited to be here with you uh, after several days uh, being away, and we have not spent... Let's start off here. By the way, we're going to be joined by Tim Scott, Senator from South Carolina, who has announced that he is running for president. He will join us at 1 o'clock Eastern. That is the top of the next hour, almost exactly one hour from now. So you can put that on your horizon as we continue to talk with everyone who is running for president that will come on the show, uh, both Democrat and Republican. We've talked to RFK Jr. Obviously, Joe Biden is terrified to come on this program because if he spent very much time talking with us at all, it would demonstrate his clear dementia and the fact that he is unable to do this job. Uh, But we will talk to Tim Scott at one. We've got a lot of different stories to dive into. Joe Manchin uh, is down 22 points to Jim Justice in West Virginia. What does that mean both for the Senate looking ahead to next year, but also for potential a presidential, uh, potentially a presidential run? Donald Trump has changed his position on Disney. Uh, we will discuss. Sam Ponder at ESPN is a bigot, according to USA Today, for believing that men should not be able to compete against women. Lulu Lamon, which I feel like I mispronounce all the time, but they have fired two employees for calling the cops. But we begin with a story 
that well, frankly we have not spent that much time on. Just real quick, calling the cops for stealing for people yeah. stole and they called the cops and then they got fired for calling the cops on the thieves. Anyway. Yes. Uh, which is, uh, you know, emblematic of the world in which we live right now. So all that to be discussed as we move, uh, throughout the course of, uh, today's program. Uh, but we haven't spent very much time talking about the debt ceiling, uh, because we told you that eventually this was going to get resolved. And it appears that it has gotten resolved, uh, over the weekend, an agreement between Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Biden, their negotiation teams. Uh, here is cut one, Kevin McCarthy explaining what exactly is going to happen. There is so much in this that's positive and measure it to all the other debt ceilings. When Republicans had the presidency, the Senate and the House, did they ever cut spending? No, they increased it. We were able to do this when the president said he wasn't even going to talk to us. This is really a step in the right direction. It puts us a trajectory that's different. We put a statutory cap on only spending 1% for the next six years. So we let government grow, but at a slower rate. Okay, so Buck... It appears this is going to pass. There are going to be uh, upset members uh, on the right who are refusing to vote for this. I think there are around 20 Republicans so far who it appears are going to be opposed to this. Uh, it appears there also will be some members of the Democrat Party on the left that are opposed to this agreement as well. What I would say is fairly significant in general is yes it slows the rate of growth but it effectively takes us to 35 trillion dollars in debt and at some point i think we just have to recognize that our national debt is never going to get paid off and i i I mean am i crazy buck when you look at this like it seems like we've just decided that the national debt doesn't matter, both Republicans and Democrats. I think you frame it this way. This is probably the best deal you could get under the circumstances with a Senate majority in the hands of Democrats and a White House with a Democrat president. But that's it's really tough to feel like, oh, great. You know, this is uh, this is a moment in time where you'd have to say to yourself, we are now faced with uh, both parties effectively spending endlessly, running the debt up to a place where service on the debt is going to increasingly crowd out spending. Really a part of this, and it's not politically, um, it's not politically advantageous to talk about this, uh, is that there's an intergenerational theft that's going on, uh, which is that the benefits that have been promised for the older generation um are way beyond what is paid into them which people don't again people don't want to hear this is just numbers it's true and then the debt burden passes on to the younger generation now which is why you see a lot of people complaining you know in their 20s their 30s into their 40s i can't afford a house anywhere i can't you know i can't get out of uh, student loan debt um there are structural things in the economy that we accept because of politics that we shouldn't accept as a matter of what is uh, fair and what is ethical, I think. Uh, and that's why you have both parties spending too much money. Bottom line, spend too much money. I mean, what, what did we run the debt uh, up six trillion under Trump? Right. I mean, Trump, great economy. No question about it. Economy was phenomenal until the fourth year of covid, of course. But then we spent six trillion dollars. That's a big problem. 
And it was a big problem also politically because then Biden comes in like a true maniac and spends an additional $2 trillion when we should be absolutely going in the other direction and not doing And then he wanted to spend $5 trillion more on top of that. What you realize is we are in a competition for which political party can be a bigger version of Santa Claus, the free stuff for everybody, or the stuff that you get more than you pay into it. And this just puts us on a trajectory for eventual real financial hardship as a country and, and even possibly uh, ruination. I mean, you look at the history of fiat currency, you look at what inflation has done historically in different countries, and it has caused economic collapse. But, you know, I, I say this, and everyone, I think, on the right, well, not everybody, but a lot of people shake their heads and they'll say, yeah, that's right, we need to do something about the debt. And I say, all right, so we need to do some means testing for Social Security, we need to raise the retirement age. How dare you, sir? How dare you? It's okay. Fine. This, this is where we are. Everyone wants to pretend they want to deal with this and it's a huge problem. And then you talk about the only ways you could realistically do. Clay, we, even this notion of, of automatic spending. Think about this. This just means the politicians all get to wash their hands of it. Oh, sorry. That's the automatic spending. Yeah. That's where 70% of the spending comes from. It's the automatic spending. We are cutting, what is it? Three, uh, the 3% increase or something. I mean, the numbers, it, the numbers don't even really matter because the numbers are so insignificant. We are slightly limiting the increase in the spending the federal government's going to do, which is already way beyond our means. And we think that's a, we think that's a victory. You know, this is taking an alcoholic and saying you can't have 13 shots of tequila. You can only have 12. The reality is when you refuse to look at Social Security or Medicare, and that seems to be the general consensus of both political parties, then there is no way to balance the federal budget. And scarily, Buck, what is becoming the case is the debt on the national debt. In other words, the interest that we have to pay on our national debt, particularly as we're now talking about five and five and a quarter percent interest rates, that's going to start crowding out a lot of the discretionary spending as well. You basically can't balance the budget by analyzing discretionary spending. And so people don't want to talk about it because I think it makes everybody so uncomfortable. But I I do think it's worth mentioning. The Tea Party started because we hit $10 trillion in national debt. That was in 2010. Since 2010, we have added over $20 trillion in national debt. That's the last 13 years. So we are adding over a trillion dollars a year to our national debt. At this point, it just feels like everyone is pretending that this doesn't exist and that it's not going to be a major hindrance on future economic growth. But it feels to me like both parties are engaging in magical realism here in pretending that the biggest issue isn't a big issue. Look, you've got... You got Trump running ads saying Ron DeSantis wants to cut your your Medicare, and you have Ron DeSantis saying I'm just look at the Republican primary. Yeah. He's like I'm not going to touch your Medicare because they both know whoever says they're going to touch Medicare is going to lose. Meanwhile, yeah. people sit around saying we're spending too much money. We're spending too much money. Something like uh, and again we, we could have um, I mean so there's some great minds on this issue. Of, um, uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, gosh. Well, even like my friend Ben Dominich is very strong on the health care issue. Um, there, are, there are a few other people I can think of, but one of them is escaping my um, uh, my mind right now. But they can break down all the numbers is the point. 
something like a huge percentage, a huge majority of spending that is even being done for Medicare happens in the last six months of a person's life. So there, and there's very little, uh, you know, oversight, quality over of the, life and, and that is actually being gained there, right? How, and how, how the, the billing is actually being, uh, being done. And, uh, Ovik Roy, by the way, that was the name I was trying to remember. Yeah. Ovik he's fantastic. Roy. He's fantastic on the healthcare uh, side of things because he's, he's a realist, but people don't want to hear it because, uh, we've, we've gotten into a competition for, um, who can do a better job of distributing the spoil system. And that's where we are. There was a moment when the Republican Party seemed to be really at least willing to talk about being opposed to this. And as you point out, Clay, that was $20 trillion ago. Yeah. And you have to wonder as well, if spending doesn't matter, why does inflation, you know, just stink so much? Well, because spending does matter. If debt doesn't matter, why not just spend endless amounts of money? This is very straightforward stuff, but we have we have a political system now where anybody who talks about being financially responsible will lose. That's it. And so we can sit around and I mean, people, cause I'll get emails and I'm sure you get them too. You guys need to talk about the debt ceiling. No, they're going to raise the debt ceiling. Republicans are going to do a bare minimum. They're going to take one nibble on the edge of the giant cookie that is our federal uh, debt. And they're going to pat themselves in the back. Meanwhile, Democrats are going to continue to use it as a spoil system. It doesn't change. And people could say, well, this doesn't sound particularly uh, useful. I, I think the first step is understanding where we are as a country. We're just going to keep spending until the financial disaster hits. That's that's the plan right now. Republican, Democrat, no one wants to stop it. You try to stop it, you lose, and then you're not in power. And so then, what's the difference? I, I, do you have? How do we change this? I I mean, I think we should have, unfortunately, gone back in time. I I wish we had had most states, Buck, have balanced budget requirements. In other words, you can't run trillion-dollar deficits if you're the governor of California or if you're the governor of Florida or New York or one of these places. And as soon as we gave politicians the ability to go into debt, and to be fair, sometimes going into debt makes sense. To beat the Nazis in World War II, I keep hammering this home because I think it staggers people. We spent more money on an inflation-adjusted basis on COVID than we did to win World War II. That's because yeah. if if we hadn't done it, we wouldn't be worried about inflation because we'd all be spending Deutschmarks, right? I mean, you know, we could all understand at some level or whatever. You know, I think it was Deutschmarks back in the day too. This is there. There are some times, obviously, where you have to go into debt to save your nation. We yes. didn't have to do that for COVID. We spent six trillion dollars during COVID. People wonder why didn't inflation hit more? Why didn't inflation hit more in the twenty twenty two elections? Which you know, everybody on the right basically. Uh, got wrong. Um, and it's, I think in part because a lot of people looked at it and they said, well, Biden spent $2 trillion. The guy before spent $6 trillion in one year. I think also, and this is even more debilitating there, Buck, I think a lot of people have just lost faith in government in general. And yeah. so the consequences of actions aren't as big a part of elections as they should be, which is one of the reasons why I'm yeah. concerned that Biden's going to win again in 24. And I'm sorry. I, I feel a little bit like, did you ever see the, the movie Best in Show? Uh, oh, Christopher yeah. Guest movie. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember when he goes to visit, uh, I, I, he goes to visit like the boyfriend of his uh, ex-boyfriend or whatever of his wife. And, and it turns out that guy is a hostage negotiator. And he sits there and he's like, so like, what's the secret of being a hostage negotiator? And the guy goes, well, they all jump. So, <laughs> I don't, I'm not, try, I'm not trying to be that guy right now, but I'm just saying, you know, 
it's a, it's a, you know, it's a rough situation. It's, oh, he's a crisis negotiator, not a hostage negotiator. He says they all jump. And I'm like, we're not all jumping necessarily. We can actually fix something here, but everyone has to be very honest about the fact that, I mean, Republicans taking a victory lap on this. It's kind of sad. I know it's the best possible, but you know, is your, is your offense celebrating clay when they make a goal line stand? I don't think so. Well, and here, yeah, it's a good sports analogy from you to start the week here. Here's the way to think about it. I don't feel like we're ever going to stop the national debt from increasing. So the question becomes, and I hate to say that, but there's been no suggestion that I've seen in any sort of political leadership that's going to change. At what point does this long-ticking national debt time bomb explode on all of us, and what does it look like? Because there are economic consequences to... Uh, making poor choices, as all of you out there know. But unlike the uh, the rest of the United States, you can't just declare bankruptcy as a country and wipe out all your debt. I had a feeling, by the way, it's Reich, Reich Marx, not Deutsch Marx back in the not. But, you know, same idea. Yes, we have said so. Uh, um, <laughs> we got a really good start to the week there. We're, we're all our economy is eventually going to blow up. It's just a question of when. And we maybe have forestalled that for a small period of time. Happy week. Uh, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying. Pure Talk can save your family over $900 a year. And right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, ultra-fast 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. What about the coverage? It's phenomenal. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the country. So grab your phones, dial pound 250, and say the keyword Clay and Buck to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching easy. Choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Pick up your phone and dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Dial pound 250. Again, say Clay and Buck. Save an additional 50% off your first month. Thanks to Pure Talk. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best 
and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Let me tell you about an American company whose entire mission is built around supporting this same community of people, which I'm a part of and proud to be so. GovX.com is an online shopping platform that people like me with service-related backgrounds have been using for years. There are over 8.5 million GovX members benefiting from the site today. As a GovX member, I get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. If you're a member, GovX.com is the first place to check when you're shopping online. If you've served our country in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, emergency medical services, or other government agency roles, go to GovX.com. That's GovGovX.com and create your free membership today. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart, and you'll get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. The House Democrats who have reservations about this uh, compromise bill. Talk to me. Mr. President, what would you tell them? I'm not going to tell you. Why not? Look, you guys all get on and say, tell them what a good deal is. How about, how about this was a 100% deal for the Democrats? Do you think it helped me get a pass? Well, who's got the better deal? Do you think it's going to help me get a pass? Come on. Can I just say, so that's Biden getting asked some questions you know biden telling some reporters to get off his lawn as he's getting into the helicopter there but notice that it's he's making it sound like clay that somehow this is a hard sell for some of the democrats in the house that they get uh, truly by the numbers you know almost everything that they they possibly would want realistically and that's not enough that's not enough i mean you you have democrats who are complaining about this as though this is somehow a stingy a a cheap bill for them. Yeah, you know, I also think this the stock market reaction today, Buck, is just indicative of how the stock market never believed there was ever any danger of there being a default, because if there had been, the market would have soared today. Instead, as we're sitting, the Dow's down a little bit, the S&P 500 is effectively unchanged. This, for all intents and purposes, has been a negligible market uh, story from the get-go because people assumed this is going to get resolved now it has and basically nothing has changed and uh, unfortunately in the grand scheme of things come back into some of your calls here in a second 800-282-2882 fellow gun owners you agree with me it is our responsibility to keep our firearms training sharp and up to date but there's a way to do that now without expensive ammo It's called the Mantis X, a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. It connects to your smartphone and the Mantis X app. 
The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback in your technique through drills and courses. It's a game changer, and you'll notice how quickly you improve right off the bat. Look, I love my Mantis X here at home. I'd say it's a must-have for every gun owner. Once you get it set up and you see how much real-time feedback you get with data about your trigger pull, about your sight alignment, about how well you're going through the basic mechanics of firing your weapon, you're going to realize this just makes you a better shooter all around. Start improving your shooting experience today. Go to MantisX.com. You'll see next time you're at the range after using your Mantis X how much it helps. Go to M-A-N-T-I-S-X, MantisX.com. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Buck, um, one story that is out there that is not going away, Bud Light. It was Memorial Day weekend. I know a lot of you out there had Memorial Day cookouts. Uh, We certainly did here in the Travis household. Probably consumed some alcoholic beverages, beer prominent among those over the weekend. I keep getting inundated with pictures from you guys of sporting events, concerts, people refusing to buy Bud Light, and also grocery stores. And Buck, over the weekend, it got to the point where in many parts of the country, and I know a lot of you probably saw this if you went into your grocery stores to buy things over the weekend, they were giving away Bud Light. I I, I mean, we know that there are expiration dates on some of these cans. You could basically get Bud Light, a lot of places were doing $15 rebates. They were doing whatever they could to get rid of their product. And you and I were just talking about this off air. Not only is this an amazingly successful boycott, the likes of which, frankly, we've never seen. But Leave aside the politics. But can you remember a boycott of a product that was so significant that 30% of its overall product, this is the new numbers, the sales are down 30%. You know, when you think about how boycotts generally work, they're they're supposed to show a, a portion of the consumer base no longer will buy a product for the following reason. Yeah. And never before, I think, and this goes to your, what you're bringing up, has a a brand managed to offend effectively its core demographic and a vast majority of its demographic so it's it's yeah. like the 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 most the uh, most consistent bud light drinkers and most of the bud light drinkers overall are people who do not like the transgender influencer ad that they did so you know it, it it's um it's kind of it's it's hard to see how they can turn this around. We were just talking about it before. What's the way? What's the way that you change this uh, this brand? You know, I mean, you think of brand redos that have happened in the past. Um, what, what was the pizzeria? Was it uh, Papa John's? No, no, was it? I don't know. I don't know which one it was. There was a there was a pizza. Was it Domino's? Domino's there, uh, supposedly had the worst pizza. Are you talking about you, just rebranded? Basically, so, right? There was there was a whole campaign. I remember the campaign. I'm trying to remember which pizzeria it was. Where they they ran ad. They're like, look, we got lazy and our pizza sucks. That was Domino's. I'm it almost 100 okay. percent certain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. But that that was an interesting. They're like, look, we understand. We started yeah. selling you crap product. 
So we've gotten better ingredients. We've got a new formulation. We're now giving you pizza worthy of the name. Give it a shot. I think that works, if I recall. It was certainly an interesting approach to take, but they were willing to say what we were doing before was not up to our standards. We were selling you trash and calling it pizza. They didn't call it, they didn't put it that way, but that's basically what they were saying. Yeah. It, it, uh, Dixie Chicks out there is a good example, like historically, I think, of someone who turned off their core demo and never really recovered. But if I were running Bud Light at this point, I would be looking at the numbers and I would be concerned about this buck. A boycott is one thing because over time people can forget about a boycott. What has happened now with Bud Light is basically if you drink a Bud Light, you are a pussy willow, right? You got to be careful. Yeah. Though. Like you are being insulted. Oh, you're the kind of guy who drinks a Bud Light. Now you don't even want to be seen holding one buck. Yes, I mean, well, it's turned into a national a national joke. Um, I, I just checked because I was curious because I had some memory of uh, the Domino's. The first thing that comes up when you Google this online is the store behind Domino's. We're sorry for sucking campaign. Yeah, uh, but then all the articles assessing it are miracle turnaround, revitalized its failing brand. You know, it worked. But this is why I'm bringing it up. Honesty with your consumer can be a magnificent thing, can have a real cleansing effect, can really, you know, can sort of cast out some of the cobwebs, can make things better. Bud Light has not had that with its audience. I think the best thing they could do would be to say, guys, we're never going to do any anything woke or political like that again. We're sorry we did it. And, you know, we all agree and, you know, make a joke of it, lean into it a little bit and make it okay again. If they could get Bud Light drinkers to laugh with the brand instead of at the brand, that would I think that's the only way you could turn this thing around. I talked about you were there when I did the experiment about the fact that guys don't even want to be seen as having a Bud Light. I'll give you another story. I was at a Memorial Day uh, cookout. Only beer that wasn't there was Bud Light. One of my neighbors was telling a story about another neighbor. We have the recycling bins. Don't get me started, Buck. You and I are on the same opinion on recycling. I, total I waste. Total waste wife, of time, everybody. I've been saying it for 20 years. On me, I, my wife is on me all the time about the fact that I won't distinguish between what I put in the recycle, whatever. So uh, another neighbor was telling a story. He sometimes will put some of his stuff in the recycling bin. And right after the Bud Light story, one of my neighbors was not really committed to light beer. And I think this is a big part of this, right? Most people out there are not hardcore Bud Light, Coors Light, or uh, Miller Light. In other words, if Guinness had offended people, let's pretend Guinness was really popular, the difference between a Guinness and a Bud Light is pretty substantial. Everybody can tell the difference. It even looks different in a glass. This right? is where like, Clay offends the beer drinkers in our audience all the time. <laughs> yes. is No one can tell the difference. But the difference between a Bud Light, Miller Light, and a Coors Light is not so substantial that your day or your evening is ruined if you have a Miller Light instead of a Bud Light. And one of my neighbors was so upset about the Bud Light thing that he took all of his Bud Lights, poured them out, and just put it in the recycle bin. He said like there was like 15 or 16 of them. And the other neighbor uh, went up to him and said, hey, you got a Bud Light? And immediately this neighbor just went off about how furious he was about the Bud Light situation. Not only, Buck, and this is what a lot of people miss, 
it wasn't just the Dylan Mulvaney. It was the double barrel of the Dylan Mulvaney coupled with the new head of marketing who was insulting the people who drank Bud Light already. They have out-of-touch humor. They're too fratty. Well, so you insulted the base of your audience, and this is significant because I think it ties in with Target. Men won't stand for this transgender BS. Men just say, screw it. We actually feel bad for women who are pretending to be men. We're like, yeah, you're not going to be as big and strong and fast as an average man. You're kind of, if you're a woman pretending to be a man, let's be honest, you're probably a puny man, and we just kind of feel sorry for you. Whereas women are having men take over their advertising. They're taking over what it means to be a woman. Hell, they're being named women of the year. Buck, there's no man of the year that used to be a chick. And so men just stop buying it. And the only way, to your point, that I think that Bud Light can come back is to actually say, we apologize, we screwed up, and just own it and directly address it, which they haven't been willing to do so far because I think they're afraid of being called anti-LGBTQIA, whatever the heck it is. Yeah, I also think that... For a lot of conservatives, there's a gut check moment to your point about the differences in the beer. And while I like to make fun of you antagonizing the true beer connoisseurs, the uh, the you know beer aficionados being able if to tell you're a true beer connoisseur, <laughs> you're not drinking Bud Light in the first place. Let's fair, be honest. Fair, fair point, I guess. But um, there's there's drinking a, a beer brand that you're used to, and then there's where do you go to buy most of the stuff for your household in a given week. I think for a lot of the people listening, maybe it's Walmart, but maybe it's Target, right? Women, it's, I mean, it's my, Target. It's Target. My wife loves Target. Not going to lie. She loves Target. She goes to Target all the time, likes to get stuff at Target. And I told her recently, I said, honey, we, we, we got to stop doing that. Well, now, you got, now you're talking about driving she another. She, she say? She's, she's laid off the Target recently. She's laid off the Target. Of course, now I'm just buying more things online. But see, this is the problem. You need to have the infrastructure of choice in place because if you're going to stop buying from Target, but then all of a sudden you're just getting it from Amazon, have you really made a change in terms of what you're supporting, the politics you're supporting? It can become complicated. So so a beer brand, I'm just saying, this is, for me, this is like the table stakes of the right is willing to do something. Are we willing to do more about Target? Are we willing? Disney Plus, to be fair, I think a lot of people, I was, uh, well, now, now granted, I was, I was, uh, you know, mooching off of somebody else in my family's Disney Plus, but we made a decision to cancel Disney Plus when they fired Gina Carano. Um, but I wonder if people are going to stop shopping at Target for a while to really get the message across. It's a lot tougher to stop shopping at Target than to switch from Bud Light to Miller. All, I think that's 100% right. Also, a lot of women, Target is the upper income version of Walmart. So brand-wise they actually think of themselves, oh, I'm not, and again, I'm not an expert here, but what I see is a lot of women see themselves as, oh, I'm not a Walmart shopper, I'm a Target shopper, right? Like, it's a little bit, in their mind, higher class, so you're also asking them, Buck, to go into a Walmart. And to be fair, my experience, and I'm the worst person to analyze shopping, but my limited experience in these big stores is Walmart is huge, and overwhelming. There's so many superstores, whereas Target isn't as massive of a store. It's easier to go in and out of. But I do wonder how many of the women listening to us right now are willing to make that choice, willing to make that change. 
My wife has said before, that's why I asked about Carrie. She's gotten frustrated, not about the politics, but you know, she'll get in the car and be like, I'm never shopping at Target again. They did X, Y, or Z, something that she was upset about. And then three weeks later, she's back at Target, right? And you don't ever want to be the husband who's like, yeah, I'm sure that's going to last. You have to presume that it is. It doesn't last. Well, this, we'll see. Small business owners are benefiting from an IRS tax refund program. It's called the Employee Retention Credit. That's the ERC. Company that really knows the nuances of this program and how to get your company a possible refund, Innovation Refunds. In fact, Innovation Refunds has already completed over 17,000 returns for many different kinds of businesses. I'm talking about construction, retail, restaurants, bars, hotels, so many more. There are a lot out there saying they specialize in ERC tax refunds. Not every company is the same. Innovation Refunds has hundreds of five-star Trustpilot and Google reviews, and they're certified with the Better Business Bureau. Trust your business with the experts at Innovation Refunds. Go to GetRefunds.com right now to start the process, and in about 10 minutes, you could be on your way to receiving money for your business. No upfront charges. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Innovation Refunds has already helped clients claim over $5 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC, and they may be able to help your business too. Go to GetRefunds.com or download the app from the App Store today, GetRefunds.com. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX. Code CLAY. G-O-V-X. C-L-A-Y. Savings for those who serve.
The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. We're going to be talking to presidential candidate and senator from South Carolina, Senator Tim Scott, in just a few minutes about his campaign and why he's running. Um, why he's the the guy who should be the next president of the United States. Uh, so we're pleased that we'll be joined by Senator Scott here in just a few moments. Um, Clay, there are a couple of stories I, I wanted to get to in the, in the next hour, but this just this just popped up uh, on the radar. Um, you know, we often we often make fun of the stupidity of the view, but also sometimes I think the view crosses over. As a show, and a lot, there are there are a couple million people who watch it every day. It has an influence on the perspective of, particularly, I think, a lot of uh, low information Democrat voters. So, if you're getting your politics from the View, I think you tend to be a low information Democrat voter. Um, but this was this was a moment that that stuck out to me. Here, their resident uh, legal expert, Sonny Hostin. I just want you to hear the way she speaks about married white women for a moment play 24 i have a similar theory and and it's borne out when you look at the studies and when you when you read books like it's a book that came out a long time ago about she owned owned property as well meaning white women own slaves as well i i think that women white women in particular want to protect this patriarchy here because it's to their benefit yeah. they want to make sure that their husbands do well they want to make sure that their sons do well they want to make sure that their children do well and they want to make sure that they do well most of the women in some of these studies are married white women, and they do fall in line with what their husbands are doing. Married white women fall in line. Well, interesting. She pointed out that there are white women who own slaves. There are also black men who own slaves in the South. Yes, which is a not Thousands often of them. Yes, not often discussed part of history. It's interesting. How many people actually knew that? Listening to this, it's a fact. Libs will look at you like, oh, they'll, they, but they'll know. Wait a second, is oh, that's a fact of history. So I think it's interesting. She goes, well, there were white women who owned slaves. What does that have to do with what's going on today? There were black men who owned slaves in the South, but you wouldn't bring that up in the context of what's happening today um, in in you know politics and and race relations in the country. People would think that was a, a bizarre uh, a bizarre point to make, and yet here we are. She's basically there's there's like a. It's just a resentful and strange little monologue she went on there. What was that all about? White women are are propagating the patriarchy. A lot of white women are huge libs who are trying to tear down the patriarchy, whatever that means. 
the biggest proponent of the woke cottage industry is actually white women. I mean, it is a huge portion. We'll talk a little bit later in the show, Buck, about all these crazy white women yeah. trying to defend dudes participating in women's athletics. And, and they're like the primary defenders of this absurdity. I actually think white women are by far, as a group, uh, the most left wing when you actually break down who uh, it's not white but it's men. interesting not married white women well there's married, a to that to a certain extent married women now of course there are a lot of married white women who are quite liberal but overall the the data shows that married women tend to be more traditional in their view and often more conservative um and uh, i i think it's it's just interesting to note the way that she can speak about a group of people in that way, and that's supposed to be fine. Imagine if you took any other race and said, married, fill-in-the-blank women, they just do what their husbands tell them, and they're propagating oppression in this country, or they're doing whatever it may be. The, the ease with which Democrat mouthpieces now across the political spectrum will speak of... Um, collective guilt of white people in general, but also more specifically here, white married women. It's unsettling. Like, th- this is the country we live in now where you're, oh, those white married women are a problem. No, no, we don't do that here. We don't do that thing in this country. We say people of a certain race are a problem. I'm sorry. Well, they do that a lot on The View. And actually, it's a perfect segue to Tim Scott, who's going to join us next, because you'll remember. Both Sonny Hostin and Joy Behar denigrated the announcement of Tim Scott for president because of his race. In fact, Joy Behar, Buck, remember, even said that she understood what it was like to be a black man more than Tim Scott. We played that audio for you. It was next level dumb, even for Joy Behar. We'll ask Tim Scott about those comments next on Clay and Buck. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.